Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. You know, it seems like sometimes they just pause the world for a second. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of balls in the air, and then you, you get up in the morning, you look, and all the same balls are in the air. <laughs> and yep. It's like, okay. I know. What I... is going on with this picture? I was because... thinking last night about how how so many stories have come across the wire and we've followed them and they've seemed to be so important and then they disappear, like the the balloon. The balloon story was a big story and all of a sudden it's off the it's off the uh, the cycle. We don't see anything about the the balloons. Well, it's funny you should say that. Apparently, uh-huh. the military now is coming clean mm-hmm. uh, that we have a problem with uh, real UFOs, a real UFO problem. Now, let me clarify this. Okay. Uh, they're saying that it's not balloons. They are not balloons. They are UFOs. In a matter of speaking, and this has been going on, apparently, they've kept a lid on it. Mm-hmm. We've known about it. It's been going on for years, back into the early OOs where pilots were getting mad because they damn near run into these things. But these balloons are like balloons that have a mind of their own. They can sit there and then all of a sudden take off at Mach 1. So and they can maneuver uh, quickly. Uh, are they saying these are from... Are they saying that uh, these balloons are from outer space? Woo! No, actually, I think they're, they're saying, without saying it specifically... That China has some technology that is far advanced because if you can make something like a balloon, you know, just a round object. Do you think, Bill, it's China or do you think it's from out there? I think it's China. I think they've they've mastered some new form of um, of, uh, ways to, you know, propel something. And... um, you know, we've worked on that too. Mm-hmm. They just have theirs tethered in a balloon. See, here's the thing. I think it's I think it's us. And I'll tell you why I think it's us. Because you know, you've, everyone's heard about Area 51. Area 51's been around for about 50 years, and maybe longer. And they've always been like decades ahead as far as uh, gadgets and airplanes and things like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if. If we're working on things, and you know, there's only, you can only hide it for so long because we're talking about uh, vehicles that apparently can travel at Mach, whatever, and they can cover an amazing amount of space. So you can't keep them confined to the airspace over the test area. Sometimes when you test them, for example, what was it, uh, the, uh, that fantastic jet airplane, I can't think of it, was something, SR-71? Uh, I think yes, sir, so with the yeah. breathing skin, yeah. Metal, that so. thing could go faster than anything ever made, uh, as far as an airplane goes. As a matter of fact, I think it still holds the speed record from uh, Los Angeles to Washington. And that may be done here soon because we have a new version of that that's out there. Um, but the thing is, but, Bill, the thing is, how could you hide that? And if you saw that in 1971 fly over your house, you would say that. That's a UFO. I saw it. That didn't look like anything we've ever seen here. If you saw one of the stealth fighters or the stealth bombers uh, before they were released to the public, before we saw it, you would have wondered where they came from. So I think that we have some gadgets that we've been working on. You know, 
they say the Russians have hypersonic missiles. Ooh, we've got to catch up. That says to me that we've got hypersonic missiles plus because we've always been ahead of the game when it comes to the, the technology, at, at least in, in my lifetime. We, we always fiend ignorance. Oh, we, and I think they do that intentionally to, to knock the Russians and the Chinese off. Oh, we got to really catch up because we don't have a hypersonic missile. Come to find out we've got something better, you know. We've got maybe the death ray or something like that. Um, we never really know what our government is working on. For example, Bill, we, we talked about those tunnels, those storage tunnels and underground. Yeah, underground, yeah. Yeah, uh, they, some of them they say are like little cities, and we don't know anything about those. People, we're driving over them probably every day, never realizing that maybe a half a mile below us, is uh, some kind of sophisticated military superhighway. Um, well, it could be, but it could be miles and miles below. We, do, we don't know that. Sure. Uh, do we have the ability to do it without you knowing? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they can do that because, you know, you look, well, right there in Pittsburgh where you are, you've got the, uh, the Squirrel Hill Tunnel mm -hmm. or tubes. It's a tube. Yeah. You know, but that tube also has doorways when you go through it. They go into the mountain that goes into the sure. corridors, and they go all over the place. And there are abandoned abandoned tunnels like that that go through uh, Allegheny Mountain well, all like that all through Pennsylvania, and they use them for storage or fallout uh, emergency places, bug out places right now. So. Let's talk about tunnels for a second. Um, we in Pittsburgh, about 15 years ago, they drilled a tunnel from downtown the downtown area of Pittsburgh, under the Allegheny River to the what they call the north side where the, the stadiums are, where PNC Park is and, and uh, Heinz Field or Acrisure, whatever they call it now. And they did it uh, with a gadget which you got to wonder where, where and why it was developed. It is, it is a gigantic wheel with teeth mm -hmm. on it that drills... Just and it then just shoves a sleeve in. It just drills, yeah. It drills through the uh, ground and it puts in a concrete sleeve as it's going along. And I, I've often thought to myself, okay, where did that come from? Did that come from the private sector or did that come from the military sector? Was that developed to do things like build tunnels for the military and and then it bled into the private sector? Do you know? I mean, yeah, it could be a combination of things because you look at, uh, you look at things like the silos that goes back to the fifties, but then yeah. you, know, you look at the tunnels, they go back into way, way back. But then again, the, the tunneling aspect and building bunkers and things like that, mm -hmm. you know, the Germans did it. We did it. Oh, I'm I know. sure that there are other countries that did it. That technology. And I, you know, I, uh, I venture to say probably came from the railroad industry back when we were developing the railroads, having to get through well, the they damn did, mountains. They, they did it the old way. The railroads did it the old way. The railroads did it with dynamite and shovels. Yeah. I mean, they literally would uh, stick dynamite into the side of a mountain, blow it apart, and then they'd go in there and uh, they'd either shovel a lot of the uh, the, the debris yeah. out or they had steam shovels and they would, you know, pull it out like a rake. Um, yeah. But 
They didn't had to have a surveyor that knew his <laughs> knew his work well, had his math right because oh yeah, you know they they would come through from both sides, and if they missed, well there was a bridge gotta, there was a bridge I think it's in Florida that was slightly off, mm-hmm. and 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 it, it, it on this bridge to this day there is a minor course correction. You can feel it like, apparently when you're driving. It might be the bridge down in the Keys, where. Yeah, it is. I think so. Yeah, it's like somebody missed. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, you know, see, now, if I were the guy that missed, yeah. they would sit there and say, yeah, here's the Bill Knight bend. You it's know, like, yeah. they put my name on it for life. Yeah, you know? it's it's like, uh, uh, missed it by that much. Remember, get smart, you know. Yeah, Maxwell yeah, Maxwell's missed it by that much. Uh, yep. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can be off by the smallest amount from the beginning of a move like that. But when you get out maybe a mile or so or two miles, it can be a massive, a massive miss, you know? You start out mm-hmm. with a degree or two on, on the, the land, and that degree just expands as you're going out, you know, to uh, to meet the other end. It's, it's amazing. But getting back to tunnels and stuff like that, it seems like they've changed. The whole process has become uh, quick and efficient and sophisticated. And um, I've often wondered, where did that come from? Where did that sophistication, and I think it, like everything else, it probably came from the military. They probably designed these things so they could build underground supply dumps and things like that and uh, go under rivers. Um, I mean, if you saw them build this uh, channel under the Allegheny River bill, uh, Mm -hmm. amazing how they, they literally have changed. Where did all the dirt go? That they dug out. I think it's like uh, I think you know. <laughs> I think they they ship it out. They trucked it out. I think they took it out from the the. Uh, uh, under the it was such a big tunnel that they probably had uh, dump trucks down there. You know. Uh, well, you know. You know. They'll take the the, the dirt and do. They'll they'll find uh, you know two mountains and they'll say you know what. Fill it in, pack it down, and now we can put a mall right there or a neighborhood because they've done that before uh, uh, over across, well, what are they, Green Tree. Right. You know, the, the Green Tree Center. Uh, there was a ball field out there in school, and they wanted to build that out to the road and uh, out to the interstate, and they did. And that was back in, what, the 90s they were doing that. And then somebody somewhere at, uh, you know, Parkway Center saw them dumping trash and rubbish there and made a specific phone call, and all we're of losing all of our listeners. We're losing all of our listeners yeah. in Boston and and Cleveland. Yeah. But in other words, yes. they had to dig it all out and redo it. But they can use that, and they can they can reclaim or, or claim new ground. Yeah. So, well, I think that uh, uh, as far as the UFOs go, Bill, your guess is as good as mine. I mean, you say you think it's the Chinese. I think it's probably us. They or call, maybe a combination thereof, because just because we are smart doesn't mean they're well, not. I, I'll ask you another silly question. Do you think there are uh, other peop- other beings from other planets who visit and watch us? That's How's that for a, a question? Well, yeah, I, I think there's somebody that's uh, probably playing games with us and, uh, you know, leading us along, and if they screw up... Uh, uh, they they screw up our sandbox. They'll just start all over again. When uh, <laughs> oh really? You think uh, it's that? You think that we're just like little toys in their game of uh, of, of existence? Oh boy! But you know, the, could be. You never know. 
people believe that Roswell was more real than not. You know, if you don't know what Roswell was back in 1947, supposedly a spaceship crashed, and the first the first reports from that site was that a, a flying saucer. That's where the term comes from. Flying saucer crashed in Roswell. That was right. the that made all the newspapers. And the next day, after the uh, government got down there, they told everybody to switch their stories, and it became a weather balloon. Right. But to this day, most people will tell you that no, it wasn't a weather balloon. These people know what a weather balloon looks like, and that was no weather balloon. Plus, there were reports that little gray beings were uh, retrieved. I guess that had been killed at the yeah, at the bodies. Site. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, people laugh and poop. That's what the government wanted you to. Dude, they wanted you to laugh at the story. Like, oh, come on. Little little green men, little gray men. Oh, come on. The, that was their whole that was their whole objective. That they wanted the public to poo-poo it and to dismiss it and to trivialize it. And then now they're saying uh in 2004 they got videotape. I mean, the, have you seen the TikTok video uh, from the fighter jets where they're they're flying along. It's the video from their jet airplanes, the yeah, targeting video, the window, and there it is. And you see a little. It looks like, it looks like a tic tac, you know, the candies, and it's flying along at mock whatever. They're trying to keep up with this thing, and it's it's taking all these weird turns. And that was when the government said, "Okay, we don't know what this is. We're not saying it's from outer space, but we have no idea what this is." I. It would have been it would have been nice if the government played straight with us from the beginning and we all kind of learned together. But they felt back then that uh, we weren't able to handle it. You know, we we couldn't handle what was going on. You want the truth? You can't handle the truth. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, you know, but it, it again uh, that little object could been it could have been ours from sure a different branch of the government that's autonomous. You know, they they have the money that. That nobody knows about. They just have a carte blanche credit card to do whatever they want. They build what they want, and then they send it out there. Let's go. Uh, let's go screw around with our boys flying in the in the air force, yeah, yeah. and see you know see if they can we can play chicken with them. You know what's interesting, Bill? Though there are other countries that are much more open. For example, Italy. Italy mm-hmm. is very open about uh, UFOs. They talk about it and they they theorize about it. They have a very uh, open and honest approach to uh, UFOs, and they talk they talk in the media about it. They don't dismiss it like it's ridiculous stuff. Um, for some reason over here, we, we have this uh, attitude like it's ridiculous, and they try to, uh, they try to dismiss it. Um, speaking of dismissing, how's this for a transition? Uh, yeah, that was that was a nice segue. Thank you. It was like, like driving into a brick wall. Um, in East Palestine, Ohio, there mm. are mixed reports coming out. We talked yesterday about the fact that the EPA stopped doing work over the weekend. Then I heard yesterday they were resuming it. But this morning I heard on one of the radio stations that the EPA was leaving East Palestine. They were done. That cannot be, folks. That can't be because this place, it's going to take months, if not years, to clean, to clean it up. Uh, 
Uh, also, it says that uh, the Daily Mail reports uh, that uh, the EPA is ordering Norfolk Southern to uh, pause their cleanup jobs. So I guess they have no place to put the waste. There's so much poison on the ground. Right. They, they don't know where to bring it. Um. Then you got the story about the white clouds too, but it sounds like you got something there you want to pull up. Well, no, but, you, but what you said to me before we did the show was interesting about how they're trying to explain it off as uh, dust coming from again the southwest. Am I right? Yeah, they're saying uh, from uh, Nevada and Arizona. Uh, they're saying the storms. Uh, well, actually, they said Nevada and they said Texas. Mm -hmm. Storms there have picked up this dust and they carried it over this way. Okay, what there is going on there that create that could create that kind of dust that dumps over in a satellite picture that came from satellite surveillance that was acquired from a little town in uh, West Virginia, Bentley. They're sitting there going, they're 210 miles from them. They're going, what the hell is all this stuff? You know, so they got the satellite photo, and they said, well, no, it's just this dust from storms. Oklahoma no longer is the dust uh, creator. Now it's Texas and Nevada, and it makes me wonder... Are we purposely being uh, polluted? Or are they using stuff that to they're see putting the, into the atmosphere see, yeah. for some other reason? Like, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're salting the skies. I don't know. Well, you know, th it, that's a good question, and, and, and I don't know. But I'll tell you, another thing I've learned in my life, especially nowadays, is that you can, you can uh, alter photography uh, with, with laptop software nowadays. You know, oh, yeah. what, you can make things look like there are clouds when there are no clouds. I saw something a couple of days ago that really made me think. It was a bunch of pictures out of the Ukraine, and it showed side by side. It said it showed a building that had been destroyed, and it said 2022. Then right next to it, the same building that wasn't destroyed, 2023. And and I thought, and what they were saying was. It was never destroyed. They used mm -hmm. they used special effects filters on the picture to make it look like it was destroyed. Well, see, I wondered that because there's a lot of buildings of um, you know historic value architecturally, right? And uh, you know we're just going to blow all this stuff up, you know. And I sit there and I go, man, what what you know. What a crime, what a waste. But that's what they want you to think. Right. And then you look at, uh, you see all the stories coming in, like uh, one of um, one of Russia's hypersonic jets shot down by the Ukrainian Air Force. Oh, they caught a hypersonic missile, top secret missile, yeah. shot down by the Ukrainian Air Force. You never hear of anything of the Russians taking out the Ukrainians. These Ukrainians, thanks to our help, have become the best military yeah. Yeah, on God's green planet? Or are we being punked? Well, I, I think we're being punked, uh, my own humble opinion. I don't know whether you, mm -hmm. we're kind of jumping around today, but we have a great audience. They usually can keep up. Sometimes they're even ahead of us, which is interesting. But Yeah, well, they, they look, they know that uh, my senility kicks in from time to time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm happily headed towards that. Good. Uh, Janet Yellen was in the Ukraine yesterday. You know, Joe made a surprise visit over the weekend to the Ukraine. Yeah. So not to be un, un, outdone, Janet Yellen, who's the uh, Secretary of tr the Treasury... 
why the heck she was over there is beyond me. It says U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen swept into Kiev on Monday on a surprise visit to reaffirm U.S. support for Ukraine in its struggle against Russia. Uh, Yellen met with President Volodymyr Zelensky and other key government officials just uh, uh, just days into the war's second year, repeating U.S. assurances. Now, mind you, Biden hasn't been out of there like a week, and Janet Yellen was over there, and but that wasn't all. She also gave them a check for $1.2 billion more dollars. Why? Now, well, Biden was just there giving them a check for $2 billion, yeah. and she also promised $10 billion more. I'm thinking, what is, what is wrong with these people? We have a city and a region in the United States that is suffering. We have a lot of people on the border. People who own property, farmers, ranchers who are suffering, who need help because the, they've just torn our border apart and they've done nothing. In the meantime, these, these evil so-and-sos are going over. They're, they're putting bundles of cash into Zelensky's bank account and uh, they're promising more support. They, she was over there echoing what Biden said. We're in it to the very end. You know, yesterday I was thinking, Bill, we're talking about all this money that we're giving Zelensky for the war. We gave him a hundred billion, then a twenty more billion, then we gave him two billion. After a while, by the way, the one and two billion seem paltry. It's like, oh, I mean, it's nothing. It's only a billion. You know, uh, they gave him a hundred billion last week. I mean, it becomes ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um. They're not telling you that when the war is over, who's going to pay for the fix-up, for the rebuild of the country? It's going to be us. Well, we are. And you know what else, Bill? The EU, which is combined a bigger economy than us, the EU is actually bigger. They have France, Germany, England, you know, mm. not England, England, not anymore. But, I mean, they have France, Germany, Greece, uh, Spain, uh, Italy, all these these countries together are a bigger economy than ours and together they've only given 10 billion dollars to the Ukraine we've given 120 billion and counting and we have these cabinet members flying over and tossing another billion or two whenever they feel like it and uh yeah what what do we gain out of now I'm not talking about the saving of life and yeah humanitarian issues or anything like that but for all the money that we're investing yeah, and that's what I would say. It's an investment. What is our net return at the end of the day? The war is over and everyone's happy again. What do we gain? Are we going to get our money back and then no. some? No. Or are we going to be in, in the hole? No. And My opinion, Bill, is going to go on and on. They expect this to last for years. They want this to be a, a war machine a money machine. They, uh, they've never said what the end game is. What is the end? They game? don't know the end game. I mean, is the is the end game a return to the borders and what it was a year ago, or is the end game the return to the borders and what it was in 2014, or is the end game the removal of uh, Putin and the change of the administration and the uh, government in in Russia? You know, you might get uh, Putin removed. And you might get a change in the government there. 
But in the long run, it is not going to be to our favor. Period. I agree. Yeah. And you uh, know what do they say? Well, the devil is better. The devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. Who's yeah. to say that we don't get somebody who's more of a hawk in the uh, position? Well, let's put it this way. Let, let's just take every God-fearing American, and even if you're not a God-fearing American, uh, a woke American, whatever you are, if somebody comes over and attacks the very heart and soul of our country, takes out the beloved Joe Biden and Kamala and the democratic uh, system that's there and takes over our country, do you think the people are not going to sit there and say, you know what, this is crap. And because we we are a big country, many right. people. Right. And when we realize that we've lost it all, we're not going to sit there and, and take it go, oh, thank you, we'll live under the mushroom. No, we're going to fight. We're going to, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to believe, take it back. I'd like to believe that to be the truth, but I, I wonder nowadays, I I think that we've become a bit complacent as a country. We take a lot of garbage and we just keep taking it. I mean, whoever would have told, if you had told me five years ago that we would abandon the border and just let people come in, they say that most of the people coming across the border are military age, single males. Doesn't that sound a little strange? That's even speculation. Yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, look, the, the only way to take over the United States, you got to kill off the entire population. Because sooner or later, even even the kids that are growing up, they're going, you know, I want something different. I, I, I want this socialist thing that I've been hearing about. And then when they find out it doesn't work or they see what the real outcome is going to be, they're going to go, you know, Mom, I made a mistake. I want to come back home. And... I don't see that this is going to end uh, with anything good, but we've, we've, we've misled our kids, we've misdirected our kids, mm-hmm. and we let the evil deep state do it. I mean, the, the schools and institutions, they're teaching our kids crap. They don't yeah. know anything about, you know, what America is all about. They don't know anything about nuclear war, so nuclear war doesn't scare the hell out of them. Like it scares the hell out of you or me. I just, I just would like to think that we uh, are, are stronger. I would like to think that at some point we, we stand up as Americans and say we're not going to take it anymore. I mean, back in World War II, Yamamoto said, uh, "What did he say?" I think after the behind bomb, every blade of grass. Well, yeah, he said that too. He said, "Behind every blade of grass is a rifle." But mm-hmm. he, after we bombed Pearl Har- Harbor and they were celebrating. He said, I'm afraid that we've awakened a sleeping giant. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in in those days, we were a sleeping giant. I, th- I we Nowadays, everybody's looking at their cell phone, playing their video games. They're into their own little world. Uh, they are getting caught up in drag shows and genders and all this nonsense. And by the way, all that I think is intentional to just confuse the issue, to make us a confused society. Uh, we used to have, we used to be able to focus on a problem. I don't know whether we can anymore as a country. Do you think we can focus on a problem? No, I think people are programmed by the phone and it was intentional. I think at first it was a, it was a marketing ploy by the phone companies to sit there and, and get their product out there. And then it became something Far more evil and, and, and nefarious to it. So, um, can you imagine uh, if we if we ever get into a situation where 
we have some kind of a national emergency and we lose our cell system, all of a sudden we don't have phones, people can't communicate, people are going to feel lost. The mm-hmm. vacuum is going to be real. No you ever phones? Make a statement or you ever make a statement about something or whatever it is, and the next thing you know, there's three people there Googling what you said. That's exactly it. <laughs> to fact check it or say, yeah. you know, I made this very cool recipe, and then, you know, you're listing off the ingredients. Yeah. No, you forgot one there, buddy. Uh, like, That's true. You know, you know can, can I see that phone? Can, can, can I have that phone? <laughs> yes. Would you mind if I run now? over it with my car? Um, yeah, you know, let me, let me see if this thing works like a... Uh, a disc that I can shoot out of the sky with a shotgun. You know, people are are addicted to their phones. They don't even want to talk to you. They're standing right next to you, and they will text you something. I know. And it's like... You go out to dinner with somebody, and they're looking at their phone. (laughs) Maybe they're even texting you. The only text I want to get from you is you admitting in the elevator you're the one that farted in there, and everyone's (laughs) looking at the wrong person. You know, that's what I want you to use that text for. You know... Be, well, be honest to me. Then I can sit there going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Erin uh, Brockovich, you know, she was in, in East Palestine, Ohio. Right. And she's a liberal. She's been kind oh, of a, big, a, lib- big time, yeah. a liberal activist for a long time. But she doesn't like what she's seeing. Listen to this. East Palestine and Ohio, Ohio and Ukraine are not technically related in any way, but you still can't help but notice the difference between how they are treated by the Biden administration. So the administration just announced another $2 billion in funding for Ukraine. We sent them over $100 million already, but no money for the people in East Palestine, who, as you well know, were exposed through no fault of their own to toxic chemicals. Aaron Brockovich is in East Palestine tonight, and we thought it would be interesting to talk to her. And thank you so much for coming on. Do you know, I mean, can you see the disparity in the... Oh, of course. Can you see the the disparity between the concern for the people of Ukraine, which I'm not discounting as as real, with the concern for the people in East Palestine? There seems to be a huge difference. Well, it's certainly concerning to the people of East Palestine. I mean, you know, we're pushing a month now and they still don't have any answers. It's very obvious something's really gone wrong out here. I've been out here down on the ground and they're really frustrated why they don't feel that their agencies or their administration cares about what's happened to the community. So it is very apparent they are are concerned and not being seen or heard. So that you you make such an interesting point, and I don't know the answer to this, but you've been around this kind of thing before. You think that there's something specific that they're not being told. That's that's your sense. Yeah, there is, and I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, come on, we're out here. I went at forty-four thousand fish are dead. We've seen them. We've seen them out right. here today, aerating the creeks. They're removing stuff. The, the wellheads are locked. What's up? Look. You don't have to go any further, in my opinion, than a 100-year study that we all know the miners did for us. It's called the canary in the mine shaft. Send the canary down there, it dies, might not be good for humans. You have dead fish, might not be good for humans. You have dead animals, might not be good for humans. You've sent a horrible mixed message to this community. Drink the water, don't drink the water. Safe, not safe. It's... It's horribly confusing and extremely frustrating to them. And something actually has gone wrong here. And there's information that has yet to come forward. And the story will continue to unfold. 
I, that's so nicely put. And I just want to pick up on something you said. The wellheads have been locked. What did you mean? So, so in the schools, uh, so the children can't drink the fountains, and then yep. on private wells around here, they've got locks on them. So they obviously, uh, uh, come on, if there's yep. no problem, you don't need to lock a, a, a drinking fountain, you don't need to be aerating the system, and you, you can explain away all day long to me that nothing's wrong, but I, I, I see what's going on here. Yeah, I think it's better to You're make not decisions based me. <laughs> it's better to make judgments on the evidence than on the words. I agree with that. Thank you, Aaron Brockovich. Good to see you tonight. Tucker Carlson with Aaron Brockovich, and uh, she was right on the money. That that yeah, canary that in, in the mine shaft. Canary in the mine shaft. I mean, it's obvious to anybody. If you see these dead fish, if you see dead foxes, your dogs, your pets are having a problem. I was listening to a talk show host out of Boston, and he said his sister lives up in uh, New York State in the Finger Lakes area on the border mm-hmm. of Pennsylvania and uh, and New York State. And every morning she puts out a bird feeder for the birds. And, all, and every, the birds were always coming and getting their seed every day like clockwork. And this accident happened, and all of a sudden there are no birds. This is up in the Finger Lakes region of uh, New York. And they're trying to tell you, friends, that whatever they put into the air went up and came down. It didn't didn't go anywhere. That big plume of poison went everywhere. I mean, I swear we have it. In, I have it on my car in my driveway, and I live about fifty miles south uh, east of East Palestine, Ohio, just outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're close. Yeah, Pittsburgh. You know, the big city of Pittsburgh, I mean, it's a major U.S. Mm-hmm. city. It had to get the plume. There are people walking yeah, around breathing. Think about that, that city with all the tall buildings and everything and all the nooks and crannies of it. I don't know any other way to say it. There's places for uh, that dust yeah. to lodge and settle in. I'm trying not to sneeze. Yeah, I saw that. Microphone <laughs> here, so I'm holding my nose. Uh, but anyway, there's lots of places for it to, you know, get caught up. And a good wind comes along or rain comes along and washes it down the building, down into the streets and the gutters, and yeah. it gets carried along, and then it sits there and dries up. It's dormant for a while, comes back up. This stuff is going to linger for a while unless we sit there and basically do a thorough scrub down yep. of uh, everything, and I don't know how you do that. I had, I had, by the way, read that story about the Connecticut TV station, the guy who said, well, it may be dust from Oklahoma. And then uh, he was asked, this it was a TV weatherman, uh, he was asked, well, uh, what about the smell? Because there's a smell that people in the Hartford, Connecticut area were getting, uh, and they don't know where it was coming from. And the guy said, well, as far as the smell goes, and I can smell it, he said, it's pretty, pretty uh, distinct. He said, I have no idea where that's coming from. Well, I do. Okay, it's not coming from the dust in Oklahoma. It's no. coming from the poison in East Palestine, Ohio. A huge mon- monstrosity, a massive amount of poison that you could see from a satellite. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I and if they have left, if the EPA has left, that just says to me that this administration doesn't give a rat's rear end about the good people who live in places like East Palestine, uh, Ohio. 
And you might be sitting sitting there thinking, well, at least now we know, and this will never happen again. Oh, no. It will, my friends, because they're already saying we, we could have up to a thousand more derailments, crashes, anything like that uh, in the next next year, and this will continue to happen. We have a much bigger problem. Either we've got a safety issue that's been going on for a long time, or we have a very deliberate issue that's been going on for a long time, or the combination thereof uh, of both the above. But either way, we got to get to the bottom of it because you and I are not safe. I'm looking right now at uh, the population of East Palestine, Ohio, and there's about 4,700 people who are living in that town. And I'm dividing it, I'm dividing uh, 100 billion, what is it, 100, uh, let's see if I can do this right. I'm doing this live, folks. Bear with me. Um, we gave 120 billion. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many circles is that? How many zeros is that? And is that uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine zeros? Something uh, like, yeah. Uh, d- okay. Divided by, uh, let's say, 5,000, just to make it easy. I mean, we could give, we could have given, am I right, millions of dollars to each resident of East Palestine, Ohio? One, two, three. Well, one, yeah, two, you could give more than that, actually. Yeah, you would have. Uh, uh, I don't have my calculator in front of me. I have books. We could have no given $24 million. <laughs> We could have given, if it's 5,000 people in East Palestine, if we took all the money we gave to the Ukraine to fight this war and gave it to the people of East Palestine, we could have given them $24 million apiece. Think that would have been, that would have helped them uh, get their lives back in order. Oh, we, we could have given them, uh, yeah, we could have given them that money. We could have moved and relocated their town, something clean, and then we could take that uh, that land and quarantine it. We could have cleaned something. We could have leveled every house. We could have taken the land and we could have cleaned the land with that kind of money. We could have taken all the soil. I'm sure that there was something that you could put into the chemical that would, over time, naturally get rid of it. What I worry about though is the 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 groundwater, the you know the the water table, because that stuff sits in the ground, and it's just going to do nothing but seep down, no matter what you do. you're putting a Band-Aid on something that can't be... So healed. realistically, let's say we wanted to keep money going to both places, to the Ukraine and to East Palestine. Well, you don't have to give the whole $120 million to East Palestine. You could give them um, $10 billion, and they all would have gotten a, still a nice chunk of change, maybe half a million dollars apiece uh, to go resettle their lives and to buy new homes and get their lives together. But this guy and these people in Washington, in my humble opinion, just don't care. And by the way, if you're living in, let's say you're living in uh, Taunton, Massachusetts, or you're living in um, uh, Norwalk, Connecticut, or you're living in some other little town around the country, uh, someplace in Wisconsin, Swamico, or someplace like that, uh, they wouldn't care about you either. If this had happened in your neighborhood, you'd be running into the same problem based upon their performance. Exactly. 
So, go ahead, Bill. Well, I was just going to say, you can go ahead. I was just wondering if there's any kind of industrial uh, hazard map where you could just get an idea, a snapshot, that there is no place in the U.S. that you are entirely safe. There is bad things around us everywhere. Oh, I I totally agree with you. I think if you live in the Buffalo area, there's probably some factories up there that could uh, cause some poison to... uh, mess up your well it happened by the way love canal that happened in buffalo what am i what am i saying but yeah. uh it, it, pittsburgh uh, it's made steel for years they still make uh some metals and things like that in the pittsburgh region uh cleveland has been a steel making city uh an industrial town detroit cars manufacturing then you know they use alloys and poisons and chemicals there uh, so, I mean, all over the country, there are potential problems. If this is how they act in a little town in eastern Ohio, by the way, a simple area to clean up as opposed to, let's say this had, let's say this had happened in Detroit. If this same thing, a big mushroom cloud and poison had fallen on the city of Detroit, that would have been a heck of a lot harder for them to clean up in East Palestine, Ohio which is basically, like I said, 5,000 people and a bunch of little rural farms and things like that, you would think that would be relatively uh, easy for them to clean because it's contained. But yeah, it, but, you know, you're kind of falling into the uh, probably Joe Biden narrative. Well, it was Palestine, you know. Yeah, it's not that big of a place. You know, it's only 5,000 people. Acceptable losses. I mean, it could have been Detroit. You know, but no, it's Palestine. But, you know, the thing is, like we said before, Bill, it really isn't just 5,000 people. It's 5,000 in East Palestine. Then it's uh, Beaver County, Pennsylvania, which is thousands more. And then Butler County, PA, Allegheny County, PA, Washington County, PA. My, where else? What am I missing? You know, Green County, PA, uh, right. counties in in uh, West Virginia, the Wheeling area. You know, that's uh, Moundsville. Uh, then over towards uh, Charleston, West Virginia, maybe even as far east as Hagerstown. I mean, all these areas are are areas with lots of people, lots of you know, lots of groups of people. They're all going to be affected by this. You but know, this has been going on a long time, but it's more pre- uh, it's more prevalent now. And I think too, with the help of media, social media, I think the government's been able to cover things up for a long, long time, and now. They can't cover it up, and they don't know what to do. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting point, Bill. You may you may have stumbled on something. For the longest time, the EPA and the government could could cover things up because they didn't have social media to deal with. Mm-hmm. They didn't have cable news channels covering stories, uh, sending crews down, doing live reports and things like that. So all they had to deal with was the nightly news, and uh, that's about it. Maybe a newspaper. But now, uh, when something goes wrong in East Palestine, millions of people can find out on their cell phone. Yeah, and even if you know that you control the 6 o'clock news and all the major networks, what they don't control is the little guy. There's 197,000 you know, political podcasts out there, uh, that last time I checked. But that's not all the podcasts there are out there. So you got some, now not us, but you know, you might have some 20-year-old kid it's going, okay, I want to make this into something. And so he's going to go out there and get in your face with a microphone. And then he's going to put it uh, on a TikTok video and put it on his podcast. 
and then it's going to go viral, and then people are going to start posting it, and all of a sudden, somebody like a Tucker gets it at a big network going, well, hey, this is something. Yeah. And then he's going to use it, and then it's hard to hide anymore, which why do you think they're trying to take down Fox uh, so blatantly, you know, right now? They're going after all the reporters, too. Yeah. Well, I think the uh, the horses left the barn because uh, even if they were to bring down a Fox, there are too many other outlets that can pick up the mantle. Uh, they tried to bring down Newsmax recently by uh, AT&T cutting their DirecTV uh, uh, affiliation. They lost 13 million subscribers, Newsmax did. But you know, what they don't realize is Newsmax has millions of people who uh, connect with them via the internet on their webpage. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they still have a lot of people. Plus, they've, they've uh, hit a hornet's nest, essentially, because now a lot of politicians are siding with Newsmax they're being unfairly discriminated against because they are a conservative outlet. In the meantime, there are liberal outlets that have far fewer viewers who are getting a fee from the uh, DirecTV people, AT&T, whereas Newsmax wasn't getting a fee. They wanted a slight fee in this new contract, but it still would have been less than they're paying the liberal media outlets that they haven't removed. I think they said there are like 12... 13 liberal channels that uh, have fewer viewers who have they haven't taken off DirecTV, but yet they've taken off OAN last year, and they've taken off Newsmax this year, and if they get their way, they will take Fox off. They will take Fox off if they can. They're, wor- they're working on deplatforming Fox, and you know, they could get away with it. But And by the way, Fox, know, Fox isn't the Fox of uh, three years ago or four years ago either. Fox has become much more uh, middle of the road and has been uh, not the champion of the conservative uh, message that they were at one time when Roger Ailes ran the network. Uh, They are now much more, uh, they're a disappointment right now in many ways. Thank God for shows like Tucker and Jesse Waters and uh, Laura and people like that. But uh, they're not what they once were. I'll just leave it at that. Um, Another thing, Bill, I wanted to point out before we run out of time here today, and this is important. I can't figure this out. We started our show off with this yesterday, and uh, I I can't find anything. The story is still up there. The story that we we pointed to, the Supreme Court to hear uh, a case to reinstate Donald Trump over the rigged election. This is the uh, Brunson versus Adams lawsuit, which last Monday had been supposedly denied again. Everyone said it was denied for a second time. But then on Sunday, quietly, with no fanfare, a story is leaked that actually the Supreme Court is going to hear the case. It's going to hear it. But I looked everywhere. All day yesterday. Couldn't find any more stories. I, we, I found two stories, the original two stories, and they haven't pulled those. So, yeah, I'm looking right now, and there's, yeah, the, the original stories are out there. Uh, and the last thing that I see is from uh, yesterday, uh, the 27th. Today is the last day of the month. So, yeah, there's nothing on it. And there was a lot of to do about it, even the major networks. 
had to sit there and at least pay homage to it and put the story, yeah, this is happening, and then kind of leave it because I think they were covering their, their bets. All right, my question is, did the Supreme Court intentionally ask the media not to report on this because of the major consequences it might have should they decide to uh, vote in favor of the Brunson petition? Well, would... Um, For example, yeah, I, I, if, 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 the, if the Supreme Court says, okay, we fine for Brunson and we are going to remove the 350 uh, legislators and the president and vice president because they broke their oath of office by doing what they did, okay? If they, had, if they did that, there would be turmoil throughout Washington. I mean, there would be uh, calls for the removal of the justices, and they've gone, they've overstepped the boundaries. When in reality, it is a, it is an honest challenge. I mean, this is an honest petition by Brunson. What they're saying, and I'm not a lawyer, and I don't play one on TV, although I did play one on TV once, but that's another story for another time. Uh, the fact is. Uh, this is a, a situation where uh, the Brunsons are only saying that they're not saying that the machines messed up. They're not saying that there was cheating in the election. What they're saying is that the legislators had a responsibility uh, because of the oath they took, the oath of office, that they would protect and defend the Constitution. And part of doing so was to investigate the uh, claims of the states, of certain states, Certain states had said, we have a problem with this election. We want you to investigate it. Well, there's a lot of questions that lie under your, your number one question. I'll answer that first question first, and that is that do you think that the media, if uh, the Supreme Court came in and said, look, put a lid on this, just don't, don't report that we're looking at uh, hearing this case, do you think the uh, media would sit there and say, oh, yeah, sure, we'll go along with that? Or do you think that they would take that and find a way to spin it in the favor of their handlers, the people well, that are pulling their strings. I think to a certain extent you're right, and I'll tell you why, because the, the fact that we have two stories, one in Yahoo, one in M Madison, uh, Madison, and one in Microsoft, MSN, mm -hmm. uh, means that somebody broke that request, meaning somebody in the media said, I'm going with the story no matter what. Uh, they and broke the veil. They broke the veil, yeah. So somebody did exactly what you think they would have done. But now, why, did, why didn't the other networks like CBS, NBC, and ABC uh, run with the story? Why didn't uh, CNN run with the story? Well, somebody didn't follow their marching orders, and now they got a little bit of a problem, you know, and we'll see how they handle this, how this comes out. It could be squashed before you know it. You know, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. When I really. listened to an interview last week with the Brunson, one of the Brunson brothers, he said it might be good if they deny it a second time, which apparently they did last Monday. It might be good, he said, um, because what that may mean is they're not going to consider hearing the case. They're going to go right into hearing the case. And I, apparently, well, that's what they, that's what they're saying that they did. They uh, on Sunday's uh, article, 
Are they going to hear the case? If for some reason, they turn it around and say, no, we're not going to hear the case. It just gives them another step forward to further their appeal. There, you know, you're, you're not done with one appeal or two mm-hmm. or sometimes three. Sometimes it takes a lot of steps to clear the way for, you know, getting what you want to get done, done. But, you know, you mentioned a, a thing, too, where uh, I just lost my thought. Somebody was screaming outside my window. Uh, <laughs> don't you hate when that be, happens? Yeah. Let me, just, uh, let me, for those of you who really don't know what the Brunson case is about, let me, let me just explain here. Uh, plaintiff Raylan Brunson claims that the defendants, which include almost 400 members of Congress, as well as Biden, Vice President Harris, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and former Vice President Mike Pence voted to certify the 2020 presidential election despite receiving a valid request from 154 members of Congress to investigate the unfounded claims of electoral fraud in six states. The lawsuit claims that Brunson's vote for Trump, which he cast in Utah back in 2020, was made invalid due to election fraud. The suit called for all 387 members of Congress who voted to certify Biden's electoral votes to be removed from their role, along with Biden and Harris, and to be prohibited from running for office ever again. And that's basically what the Brunson versus Adams suit is all about. Yeah, and that just reminded me of what I was trying to say before somebody was outside making an idiot of themselves. Uh, (laughs) The fact is, is that let's just say that uh, they hear the case and they remove all these people and they're going, well, it's not a case about uh, saying that there was fraud. It's about procedure, protocol. Right. But once that happens, it does reset the clock to go back and now force you to investigate the fraud, which really, quite honestly, has never been investigated. There's nothing here. Right. You know, you're making this up. It's, you know. Absolutely. Election to, denier. To this now day, they've spent all of their time doing exactly what you just said at the very end there. They've, they've, they've done their full court press has been to minimize and trivialize people who question the 2020 election. They haven't gone out and done any real investigation. They haven't. Go, they, do they go up to Philadelphia and do a true investigation as to what happened in Philadelphia, or in Pittsburgh, or in Atlanta, or in uh, some of these other towns? No, no. no they and you know what? They they use the media to mind wash the public. They use Hollywood to mind wash the public. I told you about a movie. It's a great movie. Oh, by the way, there's going to be some wokeisms in there. Uh, I have a show that I watch, oh, yeah. and it's got some little woke things in there. And you're going like. That has nothing to do with the story, the script line, or anything. They just threw it in there to make it kind of the norm. Oh, absolutely. You know? I saw that, by the way, in that movie. We, uh, I watched the movie you had recommended. It's a brand-new film on Netflix. Very funny, very interesting. I truly enjoyed it. But it's like they have to put a mandatory wokeism in nowadays to look yeah. cool, you know, to fit in with the Hollywood elite. You have to do a little... Zing! I think in the movie, they one of the people they uh, did a zing with Ted is Cruz. Ted Cruz. Yeah, uh, yeah which, they did Ted Cruz and they did something else too, and I forget what it was. But well, you, you don't know, see them doing it with God. you don't see him doing it with Joe Biden. No, they give this guy a walk every time 
And, you know, right now they're trying to figure out how to save this guy. And now he's even going, well, you know, my age thing is, is, is relevant to the people. And I'm going, okay, there's, there's the open door for a reset in the Democratic Party for the 2024. They know they got to do something. And they're setting the stage for something and a change of candidate, uh, you know, a candidate or you something. Think, you think he's well, going to think so. you, you don't think he's going to be the, uh, the primary Democratic candidate uh, in the next election, 2024? No, I think they're slowly opening the door. Mm-hmm. Joe's in on it. Jill's in on it. They're trying to figure out how they're going to open this door and use all the news that's going on around there to take it and swing it around, even if it meant putting Michelle or uh, Barack uh, back into office. They'll, they'll do whatever they can to. It's about power. It's a power wow. play. You know, I I swear today I I thought this morning, what are we going to talk about? I think you probably had the same thought because the, you talked about it in the beginning of the show about how some days were some day some days were inundated with stories. We don't have enough time. Then there were other days like today where you think things like are suspended in air. They just nothing's happening with these stories. And all of a sudden, you start to do the show, and you realize, oh, there's still a lot of things happening, and still well, a lot you know, of things. On a day to talk like about. today, when you see all the things suspended in the air, you know, we will end this show, and then we will get things posted, yeah, and going, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, one of those bags will fall, or some new story will come in out of the left, unexpected, something big, yeah, and then one of those bags have to fall to distract what just happened, to cover it up, to get your get your focus gone. You know, it's all misdirection. This well, is the magic show. Let's let's talk for a second about that misdirection. We, we mentioned that over the weekend there were four massive oil refinery fires. Right. Three in Mexico, one in Texas, all owned by the same company. That should be a major story that we should be covering right now. It's disappeared. Uh, we had that balloon story. That was only, what, a week and a half ago? The balloons were flying over our country, taking pictures of our military installations. We were looking, at, we shoot them down. Oh, it was a big thing. They had coverage from every angle. All of a sudden, that's disappeared. Where'd that go? You know, it's just, that's how the news is nowadays. Three days ago, we were on the cusp of war, nuclear war. Uh, Putin was getting ready to fire the missiles. Right. You know, lethal, lethal help, lethal help. From China, I love the I love the phraseology they use. To, you know, it's it's they use language to get yeah. your attention. It's all uh, we used to call it news sensationalism, but it's 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 also put out there to get your attention so they can carve and sculpt a narrative. Less than a week ago, Trump said this. Every single day they talk about will this end up in nuclear war. We're on the precipice of a disaster, the likes of which this world has never seen. This will make World War One and World War Two like baby stuff. That wasn't ancient history. That was only a few days ago when he said that. You know, we're on the precipice of a nuclear war. And that hasn't changed, by the way. We're still on the precipice of a nuclear war. But they're keeping us distracted with all of these different stories and items and this is doing someone's doing you know janet yellen going over and giving another why didn't biden just give the check to uh 
to Zelensky when he was there. Why did she have to go over? Because they want to drag it out. Yeah, they want to drag it out. Why do we have to give checks to uh, Zelensky? We don't have to give them a damn dime. It's not going to change a damn thing. Oni's not appreciative. I got a I got an audio cut here, Bill. It's a minute and forty four. Uh, we're kind of running out of time from Zelensky. If you hear it, it's gonna it's gonna make your blood boil because he oh, doesn't sure. he doesn't sound grateful. I'll play it, I'll play it tomorrow. He doesn't sound grateful. As a matter of fact, he tells us, "Look, if you don't back us, you may lose your your power in the world." Meaning us. He's threatening us. You may lose your authority in the world if you don't keep backing us. Essentially, that's what he's saying. That's a bully. Yeah, exactly. He needs a swift kick in the pants. Yes, uh, <laughs> but you know, and you can pick where you, you know. Swift, as as long as Biden him. is the president, he will keep kissing his gluteus maximus. That's my own humble opinion. Hey, buddy, we've done it. Another show in the can. Uh, if you want to contact us, folks, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com or mail at crnamerica.com. So you've got all three ways to get a hold of us, uh, and uh, we hope you do. We wish you do. Uh, and we hope you enjoy the show and you share it with a friend. Because it does seem that there's a lot of sharing going on. Yeah, absolutely. But it can't just stop one time. It has to keep going yeah, and going. We and have going. got an amazing increase in listenership, uh, and we we thank you very much from the bottom of our hearts. Because without you taking the time to listening and sharing, uh, we wouldn't have that increase. It's as simple as that. Hey, buddy, I hope you have a wonderful day. Should we leave with uh, 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 Biden doing a little singing on the way out, or, or what do you think? A little song, a little dance, a little Bidenism. <laughs> Everybody, join in. <laughs> hey, buddy, I'll see you tomorrow. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>